Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of choice, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy. We have Simone Dudley as our uh, guest in conversation today. Simone uh, is the founding director, along with Sue Cameron, of Therapy Connect. And um, your adventure with Therapy Connect and private practice has been pretty swift. And you've just achieved so much. And you've been on the podcast before a couple of years ago. So welcome, Simone. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you very much for having having me back. Um, what a naive business person I was when we had our first our first podcast um, all those years ago. I think it might have been two thousand and eighteen. Even yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was. It was. It was. So you are just so much wiser in the whole adventure of business right now. So maybe take us back to those early days really, really briefly when you and Sue started a small team and really started to put the footprint down about telehealth in Australia. Let's let's go back to the, the old days. Back to the beginning. Well, I guess, um, you know, firstly to acknowledge how lucky I have been to find a like-minded colleague in Sue Cameron who has just retired. Um, Sue and I were introduced through Sarah, actually, through um, our mutual interest in telehealth. Um, And we started talking to each other as colleagues and supporting each other. Mm. Sue's a speech pathologist, I'm an occupational therapist, and uh, pretty soon realised that we were so aligned in our thinking, in, in our, our vision for sort of wanting to increase access to quality speech and OT services to Australians that we decided to join forces. Um, yeah. I think it was actually after a, um, a private practice workshop with you, Kathy, that we sat in a coffee shop across the road and um, I said, how about we do it together? And, yes, yeah, so took a minute to think about it and, and agreed. So what a great journey we've had. Yeah, absolutely. And telehealth in 2018 was pretty out there. Like who knew about that stuff? Oh, look, and I can't tell you about the people that um, would kind of giggle and laugh and think, oh, you could never do that or, yeah. you know, that the, the most common yeah, that won't work or it wouldn't work with my client or you need to get your hands on on the children. Um, our, our primary practice was speech and occupational therapy, early childhood, early intervention um, at that stage. Um, so it was tough and it was tough for us to problem solve and it was also this recognition that we were entering into telepractice at a time that the evidence was emerging 
And so we really needed to be part, if we were serious, we needed to really be part of contributing to that body of evidence. And so that's in fact what we did. And we set about um, harassing the University <laughs> of Sydney. So they said, yes, I can. Um, I joke about that now with Kimball Kelly and the team, but um, we did a, um, you know, a a pretty straightforward project with the University of Sydney Mm -hmm. that really helped us understand what was important about the components of a telehealth model, what families really wanted, what was a deal breaker, what wasn't a deal breaker. And that really was the beginning of us developing a business as a dedicated telehealth provider. Yeah. And whilst uh, you are an OT and Sue, speech pathologist, you diversified the team quite quickly as well. Once you, as I observed, kind of um, nailed down the service delivery model and the supporting infrastructure, uh, you then brought in a whole range of disciplines. What, what was that phase like? Well, it was it was challenging. It was interesting. I guess we were responding largely to our clients' needs mm. um, because whilst our clients were finding it really hard to access speech and occupational therapy services, you know, it was equally hard for them to find psychology, to find dietetics, um, social work, uh, physiotherapy, and so. We, we, we really didn't ever intend to set out to create, um, a multidisciplinary team. Um, and in, in some of these cases, experienced providers came to us looking for work. And so we were able to determine, um, that growth rate at a pace where we felt we could balance the, um, the efficacy and the delivery yeah. and, and against what our clients' needs, um, were. Um, but certainly, uh, certainly for many families that to be able to access multiple services, um, with one provider, I mean, you you must hear this all the time, but particularly I think for clients that are either geographically isolated or their circumstances mean that telehealth is for them, um, to be able to access more than one service can be, can really mean a lot. Yeah. Yep. So what's the profile of clinicians that you've got in the crew at the moment? Mm. So we're definitely predominantly speech and occupational therapy um, focused and we have psychology, we have dietetics, we have physiotherapy. Um, In the past, we have had a social worker, a really highly skilled social worker. So, yeah, we have quite a broad um, multidisciplinary um, offering, but speech and occupational therapy are the primary um, cohort. Yeah, and where are your clients? Mm. Well, Everywhere. back in the early day, we we made this wild assumption that our clients would be like us. So, for those that don't know, I live on a farm in southwest um, New South Wales, uh, quite isolated, and and Sue also was from a farm in southwest Victoria. So. I think initially we were imagining that our clients would be based in regional or remote locations, and many of them are. Um, Of course, having an established telehealth practice through COVID has um, increased that profile and and the awareness of telehealth. And so there are many, many markets in Australia where telehealth represents um access to allied health. Uh, We have clients 
based in Tasmania in metro regions from the tip of the Torres Strait and from east all the way to west and, and in every state and territory and even some clients still overseas. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that. that. Is, yeah. Yeah. Goodness me. So COVID came along and um, that provided a different way for people to work, yet you were so beautifully positioned with this work-from-home model, therapy-wherever-you-are model. How did you guys track through COVID? Oh, wow. Um, COVID was an incredibly busy phase for Therapy Connect. Mm. Um the sector was really leaning on us for information and content as to how to deliver services. So we were inundated with work, inundated with therapists seeking work and inundated with requests from the sector on how to, um, I suppose, adapt and adjust yeah. because I just I can't fathom how hard it would have been for yeah. allied health practitioners to have to make that um decision so quickly um, and make those adaptions. Um, so there, there is just so much problem solving surrounding the delivery of allied health services via telehealth. So the think that, to think that one day you're running an in-person clinic and the next day you're running a telehealth clinic, um, yeah, I just can't, I can't fathom that. So we felt a, a real responsibility to be able to share what we had learned. Mm. Um, so that period of time was really spent um, dividing ourselves up. And in fact, all of us had um, other family members home as well, <laughs> either working or studying. Mm. So you can imagine the, you know, the internet, um, Demands. Uh, demand and space demands. You know, it was just no different to any other story in Australia um, mm. in terms of what what life was like. It was it was it was a hard, intense period of time. Um, thinking about, however, the opportunity that COVID created, COVID was an opportunity to demonstrate the potential of Therapy Connect for yeah. many consumers and practitioners. Mm. And so for us, it was like all of a sudden um, part of our role was really building awareness of the potential of telehealth. And all of a sudden um, that was a moot point because this was the delivery model. It was the main meal, was yep, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we then quickly had um, a lot of new clients and a lot of new practitioners that we were, um, yeah, that we were building skills mm. with and, yeah, mm. supporting all families. Yeah. And also during this time, your business continued to scale and your skills your, your and Sue's skills just, you know, absolutely amplified as well. But it was also a transition phase to sell the business. Where did that, where did that thought start? Well, that was quite unexpected. So we were approached um, uh, by an organisation that we had met and we were feeling really comfortable in in the values alignment. You know, uh, Canella is the name of yep. the organisation. They're a fabulous organisation. And, um, yeah, we were, um, I suppose, not intending to sell, but very interested in um, what potentially 
um, a merger would mean in terms of the ability for Therapy Connect to expand and be resourced in a way that Sue and I just didn't have the mm. resources to be able to um, to enable the business to, I suppose, have greater therapeutic impact. Generally yeah. speaking, that's yeah. what our mission was. So, um, yeah, and it was it was it was a a long um, process, but it's been um, a terrific process with a great group of people, and we're really looking forward to seeing uh, Therapy Connect continue on in the next journey. Yeah. So in this phase of selling, um, where where were those key moments, like those key learnings, the surprises, the bits that were confronting? Where were those uh, memorable bits? Well, I think when I look back and think, you know, how how um, you know what were the moments that that probably made. Um, a big difference to the Therapy Connect business in terms of its growth, and um, and you've got to remember, Sue and I had had the idea that we would be so excited if we could have five practitioners. You know, that yes. would be for us. That would be like, oh wow, imagine. <laughs> and um, you know, at the moment we've got over eighty practitioners mm-hmm. across um, cohorts working. So. Um, when I think back um, to the key moments, and this might be interesting to listeners that are in this growth, I suppose, phase of business, it was it was stopping clinical work. So when Sue and I both stopped our, our clinical work, which was quite tough to face because we both loved our clinical practice, mm-hmm. but stopping that enabled us to really... Um, I suppose, view our business as our client in a way. And um, I think that was a a big turning point. Partnering with a business advisor and consultant was Mm. um, another terrific um, point in time for us where we were really able to deepen our understanding, our confidence and our capability around knowing what we needed to do. Yeah. yeah, building up, building up our business and financial literacy. I think investing in uh, marketing is also really important, especially mm-hmm. for a telehealth practice mm-hmm. where you have a um, you don't have a shop front, so mm-hmm. your effective market is um, well national or global. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And during that sales process, I remember finding it completely fascinating. And I committed, uh, I committed to the process to learn and to roll with it. And I got some different coaching support to kind of prepare mentally, emotionally, if you like, for whatever happened during and most importantly, whatever happened afterwards. What was the sales process like for you? Mm. Well, it was incredibly interesting. Mm. I mean, I, I found that, you know, to be able to step back, um, I found it an incredibly interesting experience. It was all new. It was, it, it, you know, all the steps along the way were new from um, from accepting an offer, from mm. um, participating in an earn-out period, from uh, supporting the integration um, and to be staying on in, in, a, in a key role as well. Um, I think... I think I consider myself incredibly lucky again because I didn't do it by myself. So, you know, we 
we having um, a business partner to um, to work with was um, a huge source of of comfort, and um, I think enabled us to um, both enjoy the experience, but feel sure that it was the right it was the right mm-hmm. experience. And certainly, the team at Canella were they're just a, a fantastic group of people that made it very easy, very respectful mm. group of yeah. people. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess our experience has been extremely positive. Yeah, yeah, good process-based collaborative, collaborative work. So tell us a little bit about your role now with Therapy Connect within the Canella umbrella, I guess. Mm, yeah. So I've... Um, I'm actually on holidays at the moment, Kathy. You are on holidays. Um, yeah, I'm can, on holidays. Um, <laughs> can you I'm see the holiday? See, yeah, I'm not quite seeing the uh, barley backdrop and the, uh, <laughs> the the rolling waves, but we'll hallucinate together. I th- I think that um, I think that I've been very fortunate in that. Um, Canella have afforded me a great deal of scope to be able to pursue what I feel is my strength um, in order to support and continue to grow the business. So I'm going to be staying on working in a strategic growth role to support the general manager and the team. Um, And I think what I am most excited about doing is getting back to some of that fundamentals in that research, clinical validation, Mm. Um, some of the things that have surprised us about recruitment that have never been an issue for us, really understanding, you know, what is it about our value proposition that drives um, uh, professionals to us without us having to to go hunting and a high quality calibre of practitioner as well. Um, so I'm really excited to have a role that fits with with my interests. I love talking. I love <laughs> speaking and, um, mm. and sharing um, information as well, um, continuing to sort of talk, I suppose, about the benefits of telehealth. Um, and in addition to that, have some time also for, mm. for other pursuits that are family and uh, personal. So I'm looking forward mm. to that as well. Bit of travel maybe after the last little while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So telehealth has uh, really stepped into the limelight in the last couple of years. What What do you think it's going to look like in the next five? Oh, well, I just think that um, there's no stopping um now I think that what's really interesting from within our um, area of work is the microscopes coming out around engagement in telehealth and really understanding um, what does telehealth enable, what are the challenges of telehealth within our service delivery model. Um, I think that telehealth just creates such access opportunity uh, for consumers, whether it be allied health or medical. So I think the the with the addition of other technologies and further research, it's just going to be incredibly exciting and interesting to see, you know, where 
where things might land um, in five more years, yeah. especially when you consider the the workforce constraints that we're dealing with, mm. um, Kathy. So we need to be maximising um, all of our um, capabilities as much as possible to to be able to reach consumers that need services. Yeah, yeah. An observation I've made on the back of the lockdown and the telehealth and the feeling that telehealth has been a necessity and somewhat barely better than nothing and all of this language that goes with it is that, oh, my goodness, thank goodness that's gone and we never have to go back to that. And I just often, I don't always say anything too much after that, depending on who I'm listening with, but I just still see it as this sleeping giant. Why would you not progress that skill set and that service mm. option? And why would you not want that in your business pocket um, already in Melbourne? You know, there's businesses that I know that are back to online services to keep their workforce happy and well and to keep their clients happy and well. What are your thoughts on that, that hit this sense of perhaps burnt and, oh, thank goodness, we don't have to go back there? Well, it comes back to the the point I made earlier, Kathy. You know, we had years to mm. problem solve workflows around telehealth, and if you had, I mean, the whole reason that we started telehealth was because we didn't have enough consumers knocking down our door in our mm. part of the wood. So, when you are in a situation as a health practitioner where you have more than enough work coming through your door, you know, what What would be the reason that you would work extra hard to try and problem solve and figure some of this stuff out that's yep. really hard? Mm. Um, so for those that are brave enough to or that are compelled enough for whatever reason to mm. where they see that value, um, you know, it's to it, there are many, many benefits. Um so I, I, I understand, you know, I understand and I think actually consumers need a choice. They need they need to be able to have, you know, we, we certainly want to be able to choose to have in-person or telehealth services as an option, um, maybe both. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, uh, I fully understand those practitioners that are tired. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Running a business isn't just about setting up shop and becoming complacent. It's about showing up for ourselves and our clients with a commitment to continuous improvement. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at and where we're going. That means identifying strengths and weaknesses so we can improve. After all, if we're remaining stagnant, how can we scale and build the business and life of our dreams? That's where the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz comes in. We're not talking horoscopes and pulse hope here. This questionnaire is the perfect starting point for you to begin identifying your strengths, needs, and blind spots as an allied health business owner. The process is simple. Answer the 14 questions and we'll send you a personalized report that includes actionable steps for you to start taking your business to the next level. Ready to take your business into your own hands? Take the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz today. Would you sort of agree that it, it's still got a way to go and it's still a really valid part of service, a really valid service delivery option for, you know, allied health business owners serving both children and teens and adults? I think that the there is definitely a role for telehealth yeah. um, to feel part of the, um, well, to, to 
it, it's part of the solution of the shortage of access. Yeah. Um, I think as a consumer, do I want telehealth? It's not often, you know, I, I think what I want as a consumer is the best practitioner and I want to be um, working with the best person, the person that has the skill set um, that I need. And I think one of the one of the aspects in our model that we have worked so hard with is this notion of um, matching uh consumer need to practitioner skill set and interest. Mm -hmm. And so our clients as they come through will be matched to the best candidate that we have um, in the time that suits the client. And I think that as a consumer, um, you know, for me, that's the level of, you know, I I want the best. I want the, the greatest level of expertise. And so I am more than comfortable with, um, accessing that expertise online if the efficacy, if the evidence is there that this is the right approach and that um, uh, provider has the skills to deliver a a service and I've got a great relationship with Mm. them. You know, there are so many factors. Um, But I think think consumers um, will become more sophisticated and work through these points and, and in fact, the consumer will lead um, the way because they will ultimately choose. Yeah, and set those expectations. What um, What's included in the undergrad training at the moment? Well, it's a good question, Cathy. A lot, as far as I know, a lot more than there uh-huh. was when we started. Um, so I think this is a really good question and probably different universities mm-hmm. will have different mm-hmm. um, focuses. Certainly we get asked to, to guest lecture and we mm-hmm. really enjoy um, talking to students every year, I do a um, a lecture with the University of Sydney and and have this mm. opportunity to talk to them and and myth bust some of yeah, even yeah. at a student level when they're so digital you know savvy yeah. as students digital natives yeah some of their myths around yeah what's possible and what's not um, with telehealth um, with our client cohort in any case so. Mm. What do you think the appetite is for it in the emerging early career clinicians? I think this is a good question too. Um, uh, Our view that we've held right from the beginning has been that we really need a high degree of clinical competency to be able to deliver a great product via telehealth. Mm. So we have been in a position where we've expected years of experience before we will, I suppose, hire a practitioner. In a couple of instances, we've had um, some exceptions to the rule. I think that um, it's also, because it's not easy operating in a telehealth environment, you know, you're trying to join the dots between context and um, assessment and um, goal setting. (coughs) Excuse me. And I think that this clinical competency is, um, it's been highlighted as being mm-hmm. such a fundamental piece to the success of a quality health service um, with telehealth. So that level of experience is something that we've both, um, you know, expected but also required. Um However, you know, where there is um, a will, there's a way, and I think that depending upon the cohorts that um, 
um, early stage career allied health professionals might be working with, there's certainly going to be more and more supports available to help them with their telehealth Mm. journey. Yeah. I think it'll be fascinating to watch that um, as undergraduates come out with this, with some working knowledge, potentially even, you know, more working knowledge than some of their teammates in their sort of first uh, first work placements and sort of looking around saying, well, where's the telehealth piece? You know, we've been trained in it. Where is it? Why don't you do it? Um, and we don't want that that curiosity and that emerging skill set to kind of be snuffed out too early mm. because the infrastructure or the yeah, the direction, the supports aren't aren't there. Um, just when the universities, you know, add something into the curriculum that's so relevant to the current commercial environment, we don't want it to disappear, I don't think. No, that's true, very true. Um, and I think that emerging technologies are changing so rapidly as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's really important to, to keep up and abreast with what's available. Mm. Um I think the tech, the hardware and the software is also going to, um, mm, I'm going to, do, the word I'm trying not to say is radicalized, but that I don't know that that's the best word. We might need to chop that bit out. But, you know, the augmented reality, the virtual reality, all of that could well change up the whole, the whole um, essence of it as well. But once again, that's back to the access, isn't it? It's not as though consumers can invest in that level of hardware and software just because the OT thinks it's a good thing to be doing right now. It's always been a significant barrier, I Mm. think, any custom hardware, which is why we have always tried to adapt our clinical approach to be as um, accessible for consumers, mainstream technology, and really focus on context and um, what's going on in the client's environment um, and really applying that sort of clinical judgment and clinical um, analysis to support, yeah, support client goals with primary caregivers. So, but I I am excited by um, innovations and technology Mm. um, and I think that there are a lot of opportunity some opportunity that might sit outside a clinical session but support a clinical session for for instance yeah yeah so when you're back from back from holidays and uh back in the back in the chair at therapy connect in your new more strategic role where um where do you think tc is going to be going in the next uh in the next year or two well, I, I think that we will largely be continuing to to track the way we have mm. been, um, probably with the added investment um, into some of the really important building blocks and, and new learnings that will drive, I suppose, future um, future thinking with with telehealth. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time to be um and also to be to be through um uh i suppose to have the time now to be dedicating towards mm. you know building building on what we already have yeah and one thing um that we sort of spoke about a little before we hit record is is just how your role has emerged from occupational therapist to um business owner to team leader 
releasing the clinical, really stepping up to drive the the business, and now in a more strategic role in a larger in in you know um, environment. When you reflect on that, what what runs through your mind? Oh gosh, um, I just feel like my overwhelming feeling is just how fortunate I've been mm-hmm. to to I suppose be persisting on a really interesting project in the era that yeah. I have been. Yeah. Um, and it's the persistence and the problem solving that that ultimately. Um, is what you know probably underpins that that yeah. hard constant work is what's probably underpinned the journey. Um, yeah, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, I was actually looking at some statistics the other day, and I, I think back to May in two thousand and sixteen. There were two of us, and we saw we, we delivered in a month. 16 sessions so there was six ot sessions and 10 speech pathology sessions and in may 2022 you know we delivered 3129 sessions to over Gosh. over you know 1119 clients and that was over 70 practitioners and so what a journey you think about you know what what has it has it taken um I, I don't know. I think I need more time, more time to reflect. <laughs> but it has been, um, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm incredibly proud of, of, um, yeah, of what we've what we've done and, and the impact that we, you know, I suppose have created for for mm. consumers mm. ultimately. Mm. You mentioned persistence. What has that really looked like day in day out for you in the last few years? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, it has looked like um, sometimes someone who was just working six or seven days a week. Um, <laughs> we won't tell anyone. Who, yeah, I know. Someone who um, who you know, I, I've always really enjoyed networking, mm. and I think networking is. Um, has been also one of those um, points that have have really both shown me new but also created a great um, collegial kind of network that you can, I suppose, draw from. But persistence, it, it has looked, it, it has just been a lot of, a lot of hard work and Probably Sue and I would say we certainly didn't do anything easy. You know, there there hasn't it ha- it's not easy running mm. a telehealth um, mm. practice, um, but incredibly rewarding. And I think um, sort of what sustains you is this belief that um, you know you put yourself in the consumer's position and you think well. Um, you know that's your why. Your why is because mm. you want the same level of access mm. to um, to the great people that yeah for, for yourself and for your family. So yeah. uh, probably that's yeah driven the persistence. Yeah. yeah. Where have been the darkest moments, other than the internet? Mm. <laughs> mm. 
Oh, look, I think any business owner would that's um, a, a reasonably new business owner would have moments where they've questioned their own capability and um, I think, you know, have you got the right skills? Are you asking the right questions? Is this the right move? Um, probably those moments where you're really reflecting hard mm. on, on that be yeah mm. what I would consider and, and again I just feel so grateful that I wasn't sort of on this journey solo mm. what's Sue up to right now well she's at the beach she is <laughs> at the beach she is yeah very happy she's a new grandmother and she's very very wow. excited to be starting her retirement oh literally rocking the baby Oh, yeah, send indeed. my regards. Well, That's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. So what are your kind of your closing thoughts on all that you've learnt, all that business has taught you? Well, I just, I, I'm so proud to be an occupational therapist yeah. and I think what a great, um, what an incredible um, career being an occupational therapist mm. has been for me. Um, and I um, have such a soft spot for for ninety nine point nine percent of occupational therapists <laughs> that I met. Um, it's a very special DNA. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I I, I just think that um, occupational therapists are also so. Uh, you know, the way that we're taught to think holds us in such great stead. Mm -hmm. I think in understanding and analysing the components of a business. And so, yeah, I think that um, as as speech pathologists, but I, I really think that task analysis and the way that it's OT gold. is taught to yeah, it, it has certainly helped me. And I think that that's something that Sue's often spoken about in, um, in, uh, in our journey as well. Mm. As a point of difference between the two of you. Each bring different yeah, strengths. I think so. yep. Well, you're absolutely right, Kathy. We we have we're a bit yin and yang, um, and I think that's another. You mm. know how lucky were we mm. that we were um, in a position where we had most bases covered um, by either of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think so. Parting comments. I just think what a great time it is to be an occupational therapist. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back and sharing up uh, the next chapter. I wonder I wonder what we'll be talking about next time. I don't know, Kathy, but I'm looking forward to the next time. <laughs> See you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.